0: Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet,
1: sweet slumber.
0: To improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, these ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins, And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth... and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about
1: when it comes to a hunter.
0: Cody, I'm jealous.
2: I get that a lot.
0: Look, no, not jealous of you. I'm not jealous of you. oh. I, I, you know, look at your background. Pretty dismal. Lighting is terrible. Some random chandelier in the background. <laughs> Look at my background. I'm trying to make it look appropriate. Look, I've got my black belt, so everyone can see that I have a black belt. Uh. I've got some pictures. I've got some books. I've got my grandfather's book. It's going to be right. It's going to be right.
1: Yeah, it looks good. But I
0: guess today's freaking background is like, this is my cave. It's dark. (laughs) It's freaking... It's got pictures. It's got this like ambient lighting in the background, like highlighting. It looks like a... What is that, Cody? Is that a uh, ship in the background on that desk or something?
2: I don't know. It does look very. Uh, it, 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 it's way better than ours. It's way better
0: <laughs> than ours. I don't swear a lot on this. Ep- on this, Cody is the one who typically swears and drops f bombs and whatnot. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It's like ridiculously good.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, there's about sixty years of memorabilia back there, if not more.
2: Brent, did did you decide to frame like I feel like there had to be? Did you decide to frame yourself with those two lit lights in the back? That that's some, an amazing thing. <laughs>
1: no, man, this is my son's uh, my son's uh, bedroom until he uh, got old enough to go to college and get out on his own. Now it's now it's my office, dad's and
0: man cave, It's baby. dad's
1: man cave. Yeah, I've got you can see prints piled up over here on the. On the floor and uh, are stacked up against the wall. And there's, I got there's my dad's old cowboy hats hanging on the hanging on the wall back there. And there's, man, it's just plunder. This is the, full of plunder, is what this is full of, and memories. Lots of memories.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, Cody. I think also this is a first in that there that that Brent. We haven't introduced Brent yet, but we, everyone knows his name is Brent now. His accent may rival my accent for the first time it's the first time we've had a guest that has like this deep gravelly you know what we may use brent for we may use brent for some voiceover have you done any voiceover
1: work brent man let me tell you this was something the other day that tickled me some some guy had been listening to the other podcast that i'm on and and he (laughs) he said something on a post that i had done on instagram he said if i ever do something great i want to have brent narrate my life Oh, i saw
0: that i saw that
1: yeah yeah yeah. i actually recorded what he had written on his instagram page and and sent it to him and told him now go do something fabulous so so, yeah i'm telling you dude you've got it you've got like i'm in the content production
0: business and that voice uh, with the right narrative right cody
2: am i am i i would here's how i would describe it and I'm, I just have full faith that Brent is going to take this as the compliment that it's meant, and not as anything else.
1: Oh, sure.
2: It's a, it's a. He's a big, older Southern man, right? Like man. you know, you know when you hear Brent talk, that you can just listen to him. Shut and say, up and listen. And like, Shut up and listen. And you're also like, <laughs> That dude's not 5'4", 120. <laughs> hey, yeah. not, that's, that's yeah. not, that, that voice isn't coming out of that body.
1: I think I, I was I, in the fourth grade, maybe.
2: Yeah, potentially, right, right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I did a lot of work. I ran an outfitting business in Kansas, and there was a, a man by the name of Wayne Pearson, who most mm-hmm. folks may not even know that nowadays. Wayne was kind of – one of the first tv guys in yeah. my opinion to do tv well hunting yeah um i believe that he played for the dallas cowboys i'm i, I i'm if i'm messing that up texas um but it, it, that's what wayne was just to just uh you know i'll bet wayne hasn't run a sprint in 50 years <laughs> yeah. not, because, not not because i'm not and there's nothing to do with fat he just moves like that right he moves slow and you have a voice very similar to wayne's and uh kind of commands uh it it's it's good to have a voice that commands respect robbie's right you voice over work
1: oh well i appreciate that this it, it has come in handy before back in the in the law enforcement days in the uniform days when i was having to deal with folks out in the public you know and and sometimes I think I think the voice actually helped me keep some stuff calm, you know, mm-hmm. kept things mm-hmm. from escalating beyond you know what they what they could have been. so but I think
0: you' if you if you and I, I, you know I don't know you very I don't know you personally at all, but I, I think your voice obviously has that very calming demeanor. However, I think if you decided to get passionate about subjects that you like, like bears and oh. Arkansas, oh, yeah, that voice could just ratchet up a notch and it would be just
2: "Mm."
1: (laughs) well i appreciate it very much to be mentioned in the same sentence with wayne pearson that's pretty good
2: he's a good man a good good man and yeah uh, i
1: can't wait to hear brent's voice talking about
0: polish uh institutes classifying cats as alien invasive species
1: it's going to be amazing absolutely
2: (laughs) so if, if you haven't figured it out already our guest is uh Britt Reeves from um, the uh, Bear Grease podcast, Um, incredible podcast. I'm I'm sure, you know, it's also insanely popular. You guys are constantly at the top of the rankings and in the outdoor space. So I'm sure we're not introducing it to anyone, but uh, I love long form stories Um. And I love the way you know that clay and, and however much everybody I don't, I don't really know however much everybody else is involved in those those episodes um, and, and the, the things that clay comes up with like holy crap man the where the red fern grows thing like <laughs> I, I would get into the driveway and then sit in my truck for like 20 minutes and my wife <laughs> check on me cause I didn't want to interrupt that story. Yeah. Um, and then I really love the way you guys do the, the, the renders as well and come back and kind of, you know, kind of loosely dissect it, kind of loosely talk about what everybody's got going on. Um, and, uh, no, I, I, I think it's an incredible podcast. There's only really three that I listen to on a regular basis and, and, the other one is the history of pirate, the pirate history podcast, which I'm addicted mm. to. But uh, it, it, you guys do a great job with that podcast, and I'm excited that you. Uh,
1: well, I'm I'm very appreciative, and 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 just so everybody knows, you know, I pretty well do the everything all by myself. I write Clay a <laughs> script, and he he if he follow if he doesn't follow it. We had to do it over, but everybody knows that I'm lying right now. He absolutely (laughs) does an incredible job with that. And I talked to, we talk, you know, three or four times a week, sometimes every day, sometimes more than once. And it's not always about work. A lot of times it's about hunting and things that we've got planned to do before, you know, but like yesterday morning, I talked to him. He was in Tennessee uh yesterday evening I talked to him he was back home. I've got a call with him in the morning scheduled he's, and he's going to be in Missouri. And you know it's these podcasts as you guys know I I mean I'm telling Noah about the flood right now. Uh you you can sit down in front of a computer and a microphone and a camera and put a podcast out but getting the information together and mm-hmm. to do it right. You know, that takes a lot, you know, and I and I'm sure, you know, people will see, especially on Clay's Instagram, as far as where he's putting posts up from all over the nation, you know, doing this kind of stuff. But there that guy does so much work. There's so much work involved. And it's it's not a it's not a nine to five job, you know, and it's that cat's working on it. You know, seven days a week, just about, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the stuff, but it's, and, and it, it comes out, it shows in, in what he's talking about when, when just like, um, Cody, like you're talking about sitting in the driveway listening to the radio, I do the same thing. I'm the same way, and I listen to them, and it's not a thing about to hear me talking, but I listen to the stuff that I'm on because I enjoy those people so much. I, I just love to, to live that thing over again. I listened to today's podcast or I'm sorry, yesterday's podcast came out yesterday and uh, it was, I was on the whole thing with him, but it was just mm-hmm. so much fun on that road trip that we did uh, talking to those people and it's just, and it's good fun. It's, it's interesting. It's entertaining. It's stuff that, that needs to be talked about that that doesn't get pushed to the side, you know, and and Blown by, and there's, you know, kids, kids, you can listen to it with your family, you know, on the way to church. Uh, whatever. Wouldn't that be
0: nice, Cody? A podcast that family and church people could listen to. <laughs> huh? You just have to stop drinking your agave. It would be a, a, a parental. you are making,
2: making this you know. way worse than it really is. <laughs> but it's just so much
1: fun, you know, and, um, storytelling is. There's good and the stories that that the stories that he's telling you know are you know I I grew up watching Daniel Boone and uh, I've read the Red Fern grows you know we talked about it on the podcast I, I read it to my kids every when they get old and I read it to all my kids and I've read it I don't know how many times myself but I learned stuff from listening to the podcast that I didn't know about the book about the you know Wilson Rawls so I mean the subjects that he tackles are they're interesting you know and there's there's interest in in anything you know if if you know where to look and he's got an uncanny knack of being able to find the stuff that people want to hear
2: 100% you had a great uh you had a great balance to uh am i wrong you remember that old cartoon where the the bulldog was named Spike Yep. And he had the little yippy friend that jumped around with, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Am am I, with zero disrespect meant to anybody, but am I wrong that that's a similar situation when you and Clay are walking around?
1: (laughs) I guess it depends on which one's which. (laughs) But yeah, man, we have a, we have a large time and it's, uh, you know, I just ain't going to do nothing that ain't fun. If it ain't healthy or Mm -hmm. it ain't fun, I'm not gonna do it, and mm-hmm. so we have we have a good
2: time. Cool, cool. Thanks again for coming. Well, in. I'll,
0: I'll I'll have to be honest. Uh, I've never read the where the red fern grows. Jesus. Well,
2: this happens a lot of times where I'm South African. <laughs> I, have you
0: read Jock of the Bushveld? Have you read Jock of the Bushveld? How, no. How you long haven't. have you
2: been in the United States, Doctor?
0: Uh, since 2003, so it'll be 20 years right. next year. Right.
2: Okay. So where the red fern grows should have been in your citizenship test. <laughs> yeah.
0: Lee Greenwood, I think it's Lee Greenwood. Is it Lee Greenwood? Yeah. yeah that was in my citizenship. Uh, Lee
1: Greenwood was in there? Yeah. We the watched a video oh. of
0: him, of the song. Well, I'm at glad the citizenship
1: ceremony. I'm glad you're here. And you can, I have no doubt of your citizenship, but Thank you. if you want to be a coon hunter you're gonna to have to read where the red fern grows
2: i will i will read it, it i'm really, gonna buy it tonight i read it and i believe like the fourth or fifth grade yeah fifth grade
1: it, i think is usually when that thing went out
2: I probably read it six or seven times again um the last one being about 18 months ago it reads great for an adult and it reads great oh for yeah fifth grade. it's it's a phenomenal book that uh amazingly there's still like schools in southern california that read it in the fifth grade and it's all about coon hunting
1: yeah we actually talked to a a i want to think it was an elementary uh, school teacher out there and i can't remember if, if clay talked to him uh during the podcast or afterwards but uh, we corresponded with a guy out there that was that was teaching life lessons from that book. You know, still to this day, it was pretty cool.
2: Here, real That's quick, amazing. before we move on, a quick red where the red fern grows tribute. In the second movie, there's been two movies made. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, Dave Matthews. <laughs> of the yeah. Dave Matthews band. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Plays the dad. It's yeah. mind-boggling that
0: that's him. That's a sign. You know that's a sign, right?
2: Well, it's it's kind of a sign that it's not near the damn movie that the first one was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I,
0: well, Dave Matthews is South African.
2: I wa- I'm just saying. I oh, know. really? Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I didn't know I that. But I didn't know a, that. Yeah, that's a piece of trivia that uh you could you you can definitely win a a Trivia night at a bar. If you ask somebody who was the dad, you guarantee they know who the dad was. In this because they never seen the movie, because it was terrible.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was pretty pretty short of the first one.
0: Well, Cody, did we have any text messages this week? Since we dropped a quite a controversial uh, roundup last week. Although well, the the roundup wasn't controversial, just the guest that we had on was controversial. You know, we have a a, a standing relationship with a good friend of ours, Matt Ranella. And Matt Rinella, as someone texted me today, or I think it was an Instagram DM, said, "Oh, that Matt Ronella is uh, is extremely opinionated."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's indeed true. We did have a lot of uh, we had a lot of text messages. Um, Tim from Saskatchewan kind of gave us the, uh, you know. The, the the same kind of overarching feeling about it that that I have that that I think Matt has a huge heart is extremely passionate in a good way and kind of delivers his message shitty that's kind of mm. that's kind of how and I'm not any anyone that listens to the podcast knows that's exactly what I said to Matt What Roneller's we said. Case. I'm I'm not I'm not uh I I think that he's so passionate that it comes across as he's an extremist and he's not, he's he's really not. Um, And there's been some labels thrown against him and Tim, Tim emailed us and uh, said, you know, basically the same thing. Tim also talked about that Tim kind of threw in that he's fired. He's he's a new hunter and he's fired three times in the field and has three dead deer in his freezer. Tim throwing the little, a little shade for himself there about the abilities, his abilities in the field. Um, James, James texted us and said, uh, James, James, uh, we could do an.
0: You're struggling with text messages. No, I'm today. just
2: saying it would be an entire. I bet James's text message is approaching six, 700 words. Like, oh, wow. It's a fifth- okay. Two and a half <laughs> screens of scroll on my phone. Um, and I pull some. James, a great guy, He's just getting into hunting, um, loves the show, and uh, kind of said the same thing about Rinella. Um, A lot of people coming in and saying, it seems like our listeners are in the camp, or our listeners that text us, I should say that, are in the camp of matt's right but man he's too harsh and extreme about his presentation that's that's mm-hmm. kind of um mm-hmm. and we probably swayed that a little bit they probably are getting getting some of that from us because that's exactly how i feel about matt he's a guy that i am dying to get out in the field with um
0: it'd be an interesting campfire for sure
2: yeah and i just i don't want to be uh i don't want to be his agent was going to be a well, lot of grief for that person.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we did get uh, – I, I received two text messages, one from the, the CEO of Land Trust, Nick Castro, and then a subsequent text message from the COO of Land Trust because Matt was not a big fan of Land Trust. and <laughs> Made it, his point very, very clear about that. And they're like, hey, uh, would you be willing for us to come on the podcast to clear our name? The, the Mark Young, didn't, he actually said, yeah, let Matt be on the podcast with us. And I was like, uh, I don't think that that would be a very good podcast. No, but listen, since
2: we- I'm, hold on. I'm going to defend Matt a little bit because when I brought up the fact that land trust in certain areas of the country, you got to listen to the podcast and you got to listen to Matt's one word responses to things because he said, man, I never thought of that. You bring up a great point right Mm,
0: that's true and
2: that's mad he just
0: once we made him think once we made him think a little bit stop slow down back up a little bit i think here's the bigger picture i think
2: it's once we expose him to other to other aspects of it i think in his part of the country in montana where land trust is potentially removing stuff from those what are they called the blocks the
0: uh, mm, the walk-in areas or yeah, block management. Block, block management.
2: management where private land is accessible. Um, I would have a different perspective of land trust as well. If a piece of ground that I'd been able to walk onto for 10 years was now in, in land trust and I had to book it and pay for it. it you know, it's it's different perspectives.
1: Changes is constantly. Lots of things mm-hmm. are changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, I think we had, um, you know, our supporters drive is over. We had a big supporters drive in July when this podcast airs, uh, it'll be August one. And, uh, we would have given two cow elk hunts away in a phenomenal place called Chinchera in Colorado, 170,000 acres, private, uh, private hunting ground. Really. Um, a lot of really, really influential people hunt at this place and we get, you know, Two random people that support Blood Origins are going to get to awesome hunt cow elk and and see the conservation ethic and ethos of these guys on the ground and um they just are they just do a great job the Trinchera folks and I'm going to look up the guy's name because it's escaping me Shane is his first name uh, Shane Lancaster Shane Lancaster and his team they've got a conservation person on the ground just great job um, yeah I've
1: been seeing that pot, that uh, contest running
0: yeah. Have you signed up yet?
1: Well, I didn't know. I thought, man, if I sign up and win that thing, <laughs> put
0: you on the stick, on the on the spot here. Somebody's going
1: to say that's dirty pool.
0: Nah, no way. Okay,
1: then I'm signing up as soon as we. You sign up tonight. As soon as we hang up.
0: Yeah, sign up, and if we draw your name, then it'll be
1: awesome. We'll have to edit this part out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite cut of meat from the wild is the backstrap of a cow elk. There's no better piece of meat to include anything, any kind of Japanese Wagyu, anything in the world. It's the best cut of meat in the world. The uh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I concur. And I actually had a Wagyu steak. My wife and I were treated to uh, as, a, as a gift from some friends, a, a night on the town. And um, we went to this, everything was paid for. We just got there and sat down and went to eat. And the guy brought this steak out. And I'm like, I'm taking pictures of it. She's like, don't do that. You're the only person in here taking pictures. I'm like, I don't care. I ain't never coming back. But I'm to take a picture of this steak. And that thing was like, it was $225 for a, for a steak. And let me tell you if i could uh it I, it I had to take it home i couldn't eat all of it so i eat it over over two days but it was um if i'd had an extra 225 dollars i'd have i'd have bought another and brought home <laughs> it was good but to your point uh, I'd, I'd take an elk over that any day and a cow elk mm-hmm. especially
2: absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely
1: well brent uh as the
0: guest of the blood origins podcast, what we like to do on the roundup for those that are tuning in for the first time, since they're probably bear grease fanatics and they're like, Oh, we want to hear Brent on a different podcast. And, um, what we typically do on the roundup is we talk about things that have hit the airwaves in the hunting community, articles, trends, issues. Um, and so as the guest, I know Cody was a little lackadaisical, uh, this week and only sent you the articles look brent i'll give i'll give cody props he gave you six hours to read the articles yeah. this week he's given past guests like an hour before so
1: <laughs> well as long as these test is, is not a test i think i'll be all right
0: nah not a test so as the guest uh brent um you get to choose what article we tend we we discuss first
1: on the first one
0: or whatever you want you just pick an article and it's, we'll rock and roll.
1: The, uh, the article that kind of intrigued me was the one about the, uh, I think it was in Outdoor Life, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: about um, Ooh, yes. not scoring your deer. You know, are these guys that are the case against scoring big animals? Mm-hmm. Brent Reeves, let me ask you a question. it on me. Are you a trophy hunter? I like shooting big animals. But I also shoot for the freezer. Now I have an elk I killed with a bow in Colorado in 2010. The antlers are in my garage. It's a 6 by 6 I've had three or four people tell me, including the, the folks um, that caped it out for me at the, at the butcher. I didn't just say caped it out. The ones that, that butchered it up there in Colorado. They said, man, that's a Pope and Young elk you got there. And like really, that's awesome, and I was tickled to have it. But I and I know, as you know, KLAza is a Boone and Crockett score. Mm-hmm. I've had this set of antlers for 11 years, and I've never put a tape measure on it. I wouldn't. You pulled a gun on me and told me to tell you how what it scored. I couldn't. But I couldn't. How
0: uncanny is that, huh? To the article that you picked.
1: Yeah, but I couldn't. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's you know, the
2: picture right there. There's nothing wrong with it. That's the kicker to me, right? Like stomping your foot and refusing to do it. Yeah, is just as childish as I only shoot for inches of horns. Like, right? Like those are both of the extreme examples. It's okay it's okay that I have a mule deer that I know what it scores. I have a white tail that I know what it scores. I have an antelope that I have no idea. Yeah. Right. And, and I, it, it, that's the, that I put that article in there because this person refuses, right? Like this person is, is mm-hmm. taking some kind of social stance around the inches of antlers. And that's a, uh, I don't know why we can't just live in the middle where if, if a guy wants to score it, that's cool. I kind right. of, I kind of want to know sometimes just because it's some shit to talk about. Right. Sure. But at the same yeah. time, it's okay.
1: If my you- value or, or skill as a hunter is not judged by the amount of bone on the, on the deer's head or the animal's head or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, you know, if, if I'm bringing stuff home to feed my family, I must be doing something right now. And, and, but I enjoy, you know, the, the bone and Crockett, that is all to just to pay homage to the deer itself, the animal, the whatever that you're getting scored, whether it's, you know, Pope and young with archery or, or whatever, or whatever you're doing there. So I I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think there's just, there's too much of this stuff that's added into You have to do things a certain way, and -hmm. you have to keep your head down and march forward. You know, a guy that kills a Boone and Crockett buck that doesn't want to get one scored, more power to him. The guy that kills one that's legal and does everything legal and does everything the right way, why not tell folks about it? Why not tell people how big it is? Mm -hmm. I mean, this social media and sitting around a campfire used to be social media. And then Instagram was a cave drawing on a wall in a cave. All we're doing now is just putting out there for people to see. If you don't like it, don't look at it. Mm-hmm. That's, always been my, that's always been my motto. And, uh, you know, if someone's doing something I don't agree with, as long as it's not infringing on me, I don't care.
0: Man, you sound like Travis T-Bone Turner. I don't have to be. Celebrate, a... man. Yeah. Celebrate. Have
1: a good time. we're only here for so long, and you might as well have fun while you're here. My dad told me, I've told this on every, probably a thousand times I've talked to people. My dad told me that there's no place that you're ever at that you can't have fun. And if it's not fun, you make it fun. So that's the way I look at life, you know. One of the, this will sound crazy, but I've told this story before, one of the best times I ever had And a group of people was at my dad's funeral there was 350 he was he was me times 10. absolutely storyteller from way back and there was a guy that came up to me he was a big hunter and everything there's a guy came up to me he said son you don't know me he said but i've known your daddy for 50 years and he said you look around here there's 350 or 400 people here he said, and the one thing that they all have in common is they all think they were your daddy's best friend. He mm-hmm. said, if you don't take anything from him other than that and treat everybody like they're your best friend and have fun, he said, you're missing out if you don't do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've taken that to heart and that's what I try to do. And and the same thing applies to what these folks are talking about. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with walking in. You know, I saw an interview with Jim Shockey one time, and he remembered every score of every antler he had in this room. He was telling where he killed it, what he killed it with, the measurements down to an eighth of an inch or whatever it was. And I thought that is a remarkable memory he has. I would may I probably couldn't do that, but I could remember who was with me when I did it. Or where mm-hmm. I was at, or the struggle that I had to do it, or how easy it was to do it. So it's just different things to different people, and it doesn't make it wrong. Mm-hmm. Not, not in my eyes, anyway.
2: No, hundred well, percent. Let
1: me, um, let me,
0: let me run a rabbit hole that that may get us into trouble. But <laughs> it's something to debate. Here we go. Uh, but it's something to debate for sure. So this article is it's in Outdoor Life articles is called The Case Against Scoring Big Animals. It's written by Andrew McKean. He's a a great writer. And in in the article, he talks about, and you've mentioned it already, Brent, he talks about the idea of the the score, Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett. And he talks a little bit about the history of why animals are scored, i.e. the history of Boone and Crockett. And originally, and I say originally very purposely, originally, Burn and Crockett was created to understand how, how well or how healthy the population of a, of that specific animal is doing. Is it getting better? Are the animals getting more mature? Or is the ecosystem healthier? And that that health expression of the ecosystem and the population is expressed through the mature male antler or horn length or girth or, uh, i.e., a measurement, a score absolutely right you needed that as populations were growing back from the 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s let me throw out something quite controversial do we actually need it any longer do we need this idea of a measurement of health or has it transformed more to a bragging ego type concept to be someone looking to be the best, to be number one, to be in the top five, to be in the top ten. Well, because let's be honest, when you look at the Quality Deer Management Association data, there's more three and a half year olds, four and a half year olds, five and a half year old bucks being killed today than there were five years ago.
1: Yeah, and that's good.
2: But it doesn't. It doesn't. It, I, it, my response to your question is it doesn't matter. We also don't need to keep score when Cody's Bar and Grill's softball team plays Brent Reeves' paint, paint shop softball team, but we do keep score and it's okay. And we don't, but it, it doesn't mean anything in our survival, but it's just part of the thing we do. And it doesn't, if you took it away, if you just eliminated it, like if you were the benevolent dictator of the world, and you said no one can ever put a tape on an antler again we would still hunt we would still go do our thing but it's st- it it it's a part of it that we enjoy and I, I don't like the i don't like the ostracizing you know people say they just do it for bragging rights no one just does it for bragging rights no one that I know. Oh, come just on, come on, come on,
0: come on, come on, come on. Let's be honest. No, this no is one an that honest I, podcast.
2: Not just, not <laughs> just. It may be very really. Big. You know, you know someone really that just hunts for bragging rights.
0: I yeah, probably yeah.
2: I don't think I know someone that that's their sole reason. A hundred percent, though. I love the fact that I've been to Maine to bear hunt one time and have a bear on the wall Oh, here we go and oh, robbie has been go. there 55 go. times and has <laughs> never seen bear. like i i like that part of the conversation we have fun with it it makes our podcast interesting that that i brag about the fact that the second day i ever tried to kill a black bear in maine i did and robbie has spent the vast majority of his adult life trying to kill a black bear in maine and can't get it done i like that it's funny it's it's part of our relationship but it's not why I was there. It's not, it's not what I was up there for. I was up there more for the time spent in the lodge than I was pulling the trigger on my grandpa's thirty thirty to kill that bear. Right. It, it's not. And, but it, but it's still okay. It's still okay. We've got to, it's still okay that, that, that we do measure them. Because I don't know anyone that that's the sole reason. I know some people that are some braggart, egotistical pricks as hunters. Oh, that, that that exists, but that's not their only reason. They also like the solitude and the time out in the woods and all those all the other parts of it that we enjoy. It's okay that we score them, and do we still need it for scientific research the way that Teddy Roosevelt envisioned it when he founded the Boone and Crockett Club? Probably not. Probably probably not still a necessary thing, but it's still okay that we do it, and it's also okay for the folks that don't
1: fair enough yep yeah, I can't say any I can't argue against that any kind of data that you can get harvest data uh, you know we have to send in a in a you kill a black bear in Arkansas you're mandated to send in a tooth I think that's the way it is in in several states, so you send in the, in a tooth and they're going to do a Whatever they do, the magic that they do to it to to get the age of that bear and sex of the bear, and that's you know that that study, all that data, all those data points over a period of time is going to paint a picture, and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it goes right along. uh, I can see it absolutely with Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young too. uh, Whether someone's ultimate motivation of getting in there is for that reason, may not be true, but the data that they're given up once they apply and and that that animal gets in there and the location and the and the date of when it was taken and where it was taken, that's that's useful information in my book.
2: Let me let me ask you this, Robbie, as a whatever you are, doctor of animals. That-
0: <laughs> I'm just like I'm the worst bear hunter in the world. And then now you're like, I don't really understand. chiseling away at the PhD I really that I have. Okay. Robbie's, okay. Robbie's
2: day job is trying to save the manatees, I think. I'm not positive. But, but <laughs> <laughs> Boone and Crockett still reports the information back to the state. Okay. Boone and Crockett, at, at, at the, this year in 2022, will send the state of Colorado the number. Of Boone and Crockett entries that were accepted, mule deer, for instance, that were accepted, that were harvested in Colorado. Mm-hmm. If you don't score it, are you cheating Colorado Department of Wildlife and Parks out of their data?
0: Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. No, I think, you know, I, when I pose the question, and, and I've done this many, many times, and I love it because it riles Cody up <laughs> and uh, that makes the podcast more interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's just food for thought, right? In that I, I agree with you. I, I'm a big, I'm a, like I agree with you, Brent, data is data. The yeah. more data points you have, the better picture you have of your wildlife population. And we always want to know and predict or be able to predict where a wildlife population is going and score allows is one, one of those data points in that map of a trajectory of, of potentially of a health of a population. No, I, 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 I'm I, not against storing. I definitely am not. Um, I do think that I, I will say this, I don't, I don't think the the necessity that it was put in place to do is the necessity is today. I think today it's more about, again, it's about data and a picture and versus like, are we truly seeing the wildlife doing what we think it's doing? Because I think today, you know, from a from a Boone and Crockett point of view, Cody, I think we're not I think in the twenties, thirty not twenties, thirties, forties and fifties, you were seeing almost an exponential curve of that trophy number. Versus today it's more maybe the quality is is almost is almost even consistently, enough. is leveled off, but rather the quantity of quality now. Is is more of an important piece. Yeah,
1: and that spike, I'm sure during that that time of period, was more people hunting, and 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 more folks reporting it. You know, how mm-hmm. many how many stories have you heard about the state record or the number three in the state was found in an old barn somewhere? You know, grandpa right, killed right. the old whitetail and hung it up in the barn rafters, and somebody comes in there and finds it and they measure it and like holy cow, you know. When did this happen? Well, you know, we, Papa Ronald shot it out of the train window when he, you know, when he, <laughs> when he drove by or something like that. So I think as it got more popular. To, I mean, just to tack on to what you're talking about there, I think so that it was more trendy. I think mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: definitely to get that data up there or to get your name in the book. And you had to pay to You had to pay to get your name in there. You know, you report it and then you, pay a fee to, to get in
2: there. You also had, I mean, you're, you're, absolutely right. And this is not a counter to what you just said, Brent, but you also had population explosions happening from good regulations and scientific based. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's an, it's an also to, to what you said, not a counter to it, but it's a, uh, yeah, I had, I, I I knocked on a door one time and asked the lady if I could hunt white tails on her land when I was in high school in Kansas, and she said, yes, but if you go in the barn down there, don't take anything out of it. And I'm telling you, man, still hmm. to this day, the world-record <laughs> whitetail had a drywall screw through the skull into a stuff in there. You, it was like, geez, I, went, I went back to her house and I said, look, you you got something there, like something real there, I promise you. And she goes, "We'll get the bills paid. It's stay in there." That was what she said to me. We'll get the bills paid. It's stay in there. And I thought, uh, I want to be that lady because somebody at some point just ran a damn drywall screw through the head of his deer. And I'm telling you, it was <laughs> beast. Oh, uh,
1: well, that's awesome. Well, if if gentlemen, if if I if I
0: if I can, I'd like to take the next article, which is written by the AP News which I, you know, from a, one, from an article title perspective, and two, from a picture perspective of the article was just incredible. So the article's title is Polish Institute Classifies Cats as Alien Invasive Species. And the picture, when you open up this news article, it's a cat, uh, you know, with his paws on a table, looking like he's having a cup of tea. And he's yeah. looking at a tray with a cat picture on it and oh my gosh the first time anyone decided to put their foot down and probably a good thing and just say look cats are a nuisance they are destroying biodiversity you know it's not just the bird scientists that are saying 3.1 billion birds being taken right you talk about the small mammals being taken, you talk about the small reptiles being taken and the, and they, and the, the counter is, well, we'll just trap them, we'll neuter them and they won't generate any more cats. And, and Cody, I don't remember if you, if you listened to this podcast with Nathan Ravenscroft out of Australia that shoots feral cats, his response was, again, I'm going to use the F word, um, but the cats aren't twice in one episode. <laughs> The cats aren't fucking our prey. They are eating our prey. (laughs) So you're not removing their mouths. You're just removing their reproductive parts. (laughs) It's so true. It's like you didn't solve anything. They're they're still hammering. Yeah. They're
2: cats. They're predators. Yeah, I put this on the list because... Well, I put this on the list for completely selfish reasons because... I will give credit that Robbie is the one that brought this feral cat thing kind of to my attention. Um, But there may not be a more destructive thing happening to habitat biodiversity than uh, in Poland, right? This article comes from on
1: a global
0: basis, know, on a global basis, one
2: hundred and sixty million birds a year is their estimate. Yeah, in Poland, which is in Poland, not a big country, and at some point, we may, if we ever have another civil war in the United States, it may be when someone says we need to start shooting cats. <laughs> that, may <be. laughs> that
1: may man, be. I w- it was a standing order. When I was a kid, you know, we had, we had cats on the, we had a barn or a cat or two in the barn, but if you run into a cat in the woods anywhere, he was done. He was toast. He was marked for death. Somebody was, You were okay
0: with barn cats though. Was exactly.
1: My daddy, we had bird dogs and, and quail on the farm. And if, if you didn't get rid of them, man, they would absolutely wipe them out. And you know I can't. There's there's been a lot of stuff. Game and fish. I'm sure Austin, the folks that work for Austin Booth, can tell a lot more than I can about what happened to the to the quail population here. Besides, but I'm sure that you know that didn't help farming practices and a lot of other stuff. A lot of other factors in that is what hurt our quail population here because it's nothing like it used to be. But man, it was a, it was a known fact when I was a kid. You know that they absolutely would wipe out a whole covey of a quail, and they had to go. And they did. We waged war on them.
2: It's It's, it's going to have to be dealt with sooner or later. Cats and birds of prey are things that sooner or later... We're gonna to have to do something about. And I'm really just saying this so that there's a recorded version of me saying it at some point when this becomes a giant controversy in five years. <laughs>
1: Pick your sides. <laughs> Look, you think
0: we we think you know feral cats obviously in super emo, you know one of the most emotive topics that there is yeah. from a wildlife management perspective. I'm sure. You dive into the into the realm of of horses.
2: Oh, same deal. Same deal.
1: You know it'd be different if cats didn't look like cats if they didn't look like Grandma's cats. if a feral cat was would get would turn like a feral hog, you know and look something mm. like that, it'd be different. but they don't. I mean, they look just like Grandma's old cat
0: if you want to have a if you really want to have a look at some of the feral cats that are are like in the Australian outback, i don't I can't find any cats um. But FVR375 is the Instagram handle of Nathan Ravenscroft. He runs a contracting company, FVR Contracting. He's in the Northern Ter- not Northern Territory, he's in the Cape York of, of Northern Queensland. And you will see cats on his Instagram page that are as long and as big as his AR platform.
1: Wow. Well. Now is that the guy that has the videos on I've seen some stuff on YouTube.
0: Yeah, did you did you no, he doesn't have anything on YouTube. He's not a he's not a big he may have some on YouTube, but I, I don't think he's a very big YouTuber. He's got a video, Brent, that just scroll down a little bit. There'll be like a little scene of a of a swamp and him in a helicopter. Yeah. And he is removing feral pigs. Yeah. Cody, you watched that video, right? I
2: did, yeah, I've seen it.
0: His his execution style, he misses once, and I think he kills 18 pigs from a head. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: pretty sporty.
0: And it's like, oh my gosh, this boy can shoot.
1: <laughs> Don't run around him with no hog suit on. He'll get you.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, one more article. Cody? Yeah, I think the cow...
2: Hit there's us. There's a... Uh... Article from the Los Angeles Times. The link I sent you was yahoo.com, but it's the Los Angeles Times. The title is California used to pay people to hunt mountain lions. Now we spend millions to protect them. Um, The first uh, (laughs) first uh, 90% of this article seems like it fits really well in the Los Angeles Times. And then at the bottom, i got to give credit. i got to give credit to Pat Morrison – Here's a terrible thing about me is I make assumptions about Pat because he spells his name with two Ts, P-A-T-T. I I, I shouldn't do that. Like that's that's very immature, childish of me and I get it. But I will give Pat credit that at the end, he admits that California is now killing more mountain lions with nuisance tags than hunters ever did, right? Pat lays this for 75, 80% of the article. He lays this case for mountain lions are great. They don't cause very many problems. It's weird how he says they don't cause very many problems. And then he intermingles it with the human attacks that are Mm -hmm. increasing rapidly. I don't get how you can be okay with the state assassinating basically right like there's no sport in the way the state kills these lions off and there shouldn't be they're doing it with tax dollars they should do it in the most efficient way possible but when it when they were being hunted they were kept at a medium level that kept everyone happy and there was less mountain lions being killed now it's illegal to hunt them so we assassinate more of them than we ever did when we were hunting um that's it's, it's it's a thing we've talked about multiple times on the show. And this to me is uh, like a little a little fist bump of the Los Angeles Times admitted that there's more mountain lions being euthanized than there ever were killed by hunters. Um, and there's more problems at the same time because hunters. Aren't keeping them a little bit scared of human beings.
1: And the thing about it, you know, that what was so ironic about that is they're having to pay to do that when they were there's people that would pay, the state to do it, so that's a win-win. Mm-hmm. You got better control of the population, plus it's uh it's income to help with all not only the control the mountain lions but every other species that they take care of out there. I tell you, man, forever I thought california and everybody in it was messed up as a pile of clothes hangers but i in the last two or three weeks i've had people direct message me that listen to the podcast i mean they're they're great people there's some good mm-hmm. folks out there and absolutely i think they're being held hostage you know we need to, i think we need to load up a truck and go get these folks out of there but it's <laughs> they are definitely the silent you know minority out there they're they're being held in check, or whatever their views are, anyway. Mm-hmm. But there's some there's some good folks out there, and this this is absolutely insane. I I find no merit in this, and what's going on, and how they're doing it. Because if if I think- if they were following science based, um, you know, protocol, I'm sure the game. I can't I can't imagine the California Department of Wildlife being against an open alliance season. Sure. Sure, you know, sure i'm sure that's all i think
0: i think pat nails it though the way that pat writes this article pat with two t's Pat's. pat with two t's almost speaks Ow. to the the speaks to maybe the conscious thought of californians as you say cody he he puts the the paragraph in there but it's almost just haphazard it's like okay so what Kind of thing. It's no. It's not like a oh shit, really. We should rethink this. It's not. That's not it. It's almost like a ha- hazard. Like ah, okay, we're killing more mountain lions now. Because here's the thing. Because two paragraphs above that, it almost gives the reason for why Pat with two T's is actually okay with it. Yeah. Because he says the poll of this Prop One Seventeen found that people reacted more negatively to lions when told that they regularly kill deer than when informed that lions had more children yep there's something okay. there's something wrong there and they say at the end of that paragraph um You know, they're trying to venture a guess at this rather astonishing reaction. But even so, there's maybe this like real Bambi Bambi constituency out there. No shit, Sherlock. Damn, (laughs) I'm
2: I'm just all about – Cody, I'm taking you on today, man. I know you're – All about the swear words today. Profane is what you are. Northern California, Brent, is packed full of people that that, uh, think – and live their day just like you. They just don't sound like you. It's the only. Yeah. It's the only difference. I mean, there's there's a bunch of good, good, just salt of the earth people up there.
1: I found that out, man. They are some great. I love talking to those folks out there.
2: They're just unfortunately drastically outnumbered by the chaos of Southern California. And San Francisco, obviously, very northern. You have to kind of cut it out. It's surrounded by. Rural folks up there that think differently. I don't understand it. I don't understand. They're they're killing more lions, and it's it's the reason that California's broke. Right? Is this kind of rationale that that they don't want to do what's best for the lions? They just want to do what makes them feel good, even though it costs a thousand times more, and it's not what's best for the lions. No, no. And uh, I'll will I'll never truly understand it. I don't know how many times I've said that on this on our episodes that I don't I don't get it. Like more lions would be alive, but they would be a little bit more scared of human beings and we would have less problems if you just had a hunting season.
1: Sure. Yeah. And it's you know, common sense it's just it's not common anymore. I meant to that. Especially on that left creepers. Yeah, we got some we got some good people out there. We're counting on them to, to bring us through, get the rest of them. But I'm just waiting for the time when somebody, when two folks are fighting on, on Facebook or Instagram, and one guy says to the other, you know what, after reading what you wrote there, I think I'll change my mind. Hey, I think you made a valid point there.
2: We've had it a it, couple of times. It's it's my, my highlights of... Working with blood origins over the last two and a half years, those are my highlights.
1: Absolutely,
2: is is, is there's a couple of times and and that uh, a lot of people are good people with common sense. They're just misinformed, and we that 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 that's our purpose. That's that's why. Robbie created blood origins and kind of Cody's description of the layman terms of it is we want to give them the facts. We want to give them the data. The ultimate example is we have this guy that came on Robbie posted a, or somebody posted on Facebook, a, a picture of an elephant hunt. Okay. Probably the most divisive possible. One of the most divisive things there is. And this gentleman came on and said, I can't believe that you would kill this beautiful animal and just cut off the horns and leave it there to rot. And National Geographic, who is, does not support our our uh, our uh, activity in question here of hunting, but National Geographic has a time lapse of what happens when an elephant is harvested by a trophy hunter. And it, I'm talking two days later in this time lapse there's a little tiny bit of goo
0: puddle of blood
2: left yeah. and they used everything and this gentleman came back and said are you serious i had no idea that that happened this makes a lot more sense to me now That, no, that's me, a good that's like the now don't get me wrong I got, I got all 10 fingers, but I wouldn't need them all to count the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my quest on a daily basis on social media with Blood Origins is to find another one of those guys. Because that guy was still – he was still not in favor of shooting an elephant by any means. and that's no, not But he way. understood. Right. He, but he understood. He understood yeah. the data. He understood the facts. He understood the reality of the fact – that hunters were, were not out there wasting anything. To me, it's the the real conundrum is the amount of people that praise indigenous cultures for the way they killed and used an animal. But if we're not in an indigenous culture, it has, this has nothing to do with your skin color, but if you're not an in indigenous culture, Right. And you want to go out and utilize that resource, you know, you're Satan. You're you're, right. you're you're horrible. And it it's a it's a real conundrum to me. And I promise you that those are my highlights, the times that I've been able to again, I don't even need all of this hand to count the times that it's happened, but it hasn't <laughs> happened.
0: Well, let me give you an example. Literally yesterday or the day before is a lady on Facebook called Brandy. Jurgis. Brandy is from East Liverpool, Ohio, staunchly vegan. Mm. And the post that she was commenting on was the post, um, it's almost, it, it's actually an ad post that, that we put out there. And here's something interesting that a lot of people don't realize what we do as Blood Origins is somebody like a brand, Beretta, whatever, any brand is going to advertise on Facebook to sell a product. Right. We advertise on Facebook. <laughs> to sell hunting we advertise to sell the perception changing content around hunting that's what we do we're not selling and we're not and so we actually pay money to facebook to put our content in front of these kinds of people all right and so yand uh, brandy responded back to me and she the first message she said this will be long <laughs> then the next message was she proceeded to just tell us how terrible we are yeah. right that we're just bloodlusters that uh we we like to high five because we're celebrating the ghosts uh, are in your head of your father grandfather and uncle you like your trophy pictures you're inflating your pride and it just kept going on, and on. it's on. Right. it was a it was a it was a diatribe sure here is the this is the response that nobody would have responded except blood origins and it said this thank you for taking the time to write such a thorough piece of your perception of hunters And I cannot blame you for writing it, because unfortunately, we have done a disservice in our imagery and speech that leads to one's thinking that. However, your eloquence of speech is certainly one that is never going to listen to what I or hunters have to say, nor even consider the evidence that I can provide. You are also staunchly vegan, as I see, and similarly are not likely of accepting of anyone that is not. So at in at the end of the day all I can say is resp- in responses that you are wrong for the majority of hunters. Sure there are some bad bad apples but that happens in any community. Her response back to me which I take as a massive win. Thank you for your respectful and well-written response.
1: There you go. Hey, that's not an good.
0: MFA. not a that we, that we just took a staunchly staunchly anti-hunting individual. Vegan. And communicated a respectful tone back. We
1: had a conversation,
0: and we and we just planted a positive, a positive seed. Ever so slight, but a positive seed. Yeah, about who we are as hunters.
1: To her, we need more brandies like that. I like vegans. More deer for me. <laughs> more squirrels for me. I, I hope it catches on everywhere. <laughs>
0: Well, it's definitely not going to catch on in the third world. (laughs) I'll tell you that.
1: Absolutely not. You know, we got, I filmed, uh, I was fortunate enough, man, Claybo was up in uh, Saskatchewan uh, four or five years ago. I can't remember now. And I filmed a a bear come in. Y'all may have seen the video. A bear comes in to our ground blind that's made out of limbs. And this bear actually walks up and, and, Clay's shooting a traditional bow and this bear sticks his head over in the in the blind where we are, and the the bear's nose touches the end of his arrow. Bear backs up, and I'm filming this. The bear backs up about three yards. Oh, I remember seeing this. I remember seeing this. And Clay shoots him. Fatal shot. I mean, twelve ringed him. Bear runs out there another twenty yards, stops, and he twelve ringed him again. I mean, just smashed him, and we got tons of uh stuff on youtube and and emails about that bear spared your life. How could you take his life? you know, and all that kind of stuff you you should let him go because he let you go, and I thought well, that's the dumbest thing ever we went up there to kill a bear, so that's that's what we did you know i don't I don't get it I mean there was people saying threats against my family, against Clay's family, Mm -hmm. against us. Mm -hmm. They just, they couldn't see it, you know. And there we were in a legal place, hunting legally, taking game legally. And the interaction that we had with that bear had nothing to do with the purpose where we were there. I mean, that's, they're not people. He didn't spare us. He didn't, I can't say why the bear didn't come in there with us there was nothing to keep him from it he certainly could have but i mean that's what we went up there for so and that's what we did we we're, mm-hmm. we're stewards i don't know you guys preach this all the time we're stewards of, of these animals and we got to take care of them but they they're here for us to use and and, and to take care of them and i'm and i'm going to do that and i'm gonna do it the right way i'm gonna try to do it ethically but anybody that's uh has never seen nature perform itself you know it's it's not ethical by any means it's not slow and it's not pretty at all so i'll take our methods over there over nature's mm-hmm. any day 100 percent.
0: cody
2: lost words no i'm just excited as shit man i mean it's kind of a. Uh... I think uh, if Brent is a character on the Bear Grease podcast, he's he's one of my favorite characters. I think that he's a. You ever you ever when when you when you look at a person and think they're good at this, but they don't give a shit about being <laughs> famous about this, right? Does that make sense? And. and I say things and then I worry that it sounds offensive, but it's meant as the nope. most of a compliment that that Brent just says things when 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 uh when maybe I love Clay too, man. He's he's one of my favorite podcast people that there is, but sometimes he clay gets going and Brent will just be like, hey, we're done. <laughs> We're gonna be, we're gonna be all right. Clay's gonna be all right. We're, just, we're, we're traveling around the country telling stories. Everything's gonna be good, man. We got a good life. <laughs> I, I, I like that, and that's what made me. Uh, that's what made me tell Robbie I wanted to talk to him. I do have a. I I was required by the eleven-year-old in my house to say, he's a huge fan. Um, I don't know if he really is. I'm not sure that I'm not making him listen to the Bear Grease stories. I'm not <laughs> sure that it's, it's, uh, but he, uh, when I said your name, he goes, Oh, the guy from Bear Grease. And, uh, that's a, I guess that's a testament to, to how often we listen to it. And the fact that it may just be your voice with him, right? He's a little scatterbrained. He's like, man, who's that guy with a big, deep voice. But either way, Desmond says that, uh, you're his favorite on the show, and
1: uh, oh, that's awesome!
2: It's a it, it's a great podcast. If if you're the one person in the United States that enjoys the outdoors and hasn't listened to the Bear Grease podcast, check it out.
1: Well, you know, my mama told me that hunting and fishing and acting like a fool would get me nowhere, and you know, here I Look am. At
0: <laughs> so Look at you now. So don't. There you
1: go. Don't listen to your mom. Brent <laughs> <Except, Rand> Reeves. <laughs> Except for Cody's youngin, You need to listen to your mom.
0: Right, right. Exactly. Maybe. (laughs) Brent Reeves, thank you so much,
1: my man. Oh, it's a pleasure. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you.
0: Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.